Throughout my adult life, my focus has been on making the world a more beautiful place. Initially, I pursued this goal as a hairstylist, working on the external appearance of individuals to make them feel more beautiful. However, I wanted more, so I began to shift my focus to helping people make better choices and achieve greater beauty from within. As a transformational life coach, I specialize in helping you identify and change the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. Join me each week as we discuss, interview, teach, and explore the fundamental principles of healthy relationships. Welcome to Conscious Conversations with Louisa. In today's episode of Conscious Conversations with Louisa, I'm speaking with in the in the ether of knowing that everything is being documented of joy. I'm going to give it one more minute for everybody to hop on. Hello, everyone. As we're waiting, we can actually go through the room because there's a lot of people in here I don't know. So can we just pop in and introduce ourselves and like share where you're from? And one of the things I just do want to preface, this is recorded, and then it's going to turn into a podcast. So if you are okay with that, please, uh, I'm just letting you know in advance that we are going to highlight the wonderful, the extraordinary Nikki on a podcast, So, which has all of us being on it. Hello, Joseph. Hi, beautiful sweetness. How are you doing? Well, now that you're here, I'm fantastic. Hmm? What? Pardon me? <laughs> now that Joseph is here, the, the world gets to be complete. He, oh, he this is my grounding board. I'm so happy to support the world and their happiness, each one of us. Right? I'm complete, Joseph. Yes. Everyone's complete now. Joseph is here. Oh, wait, I got to do something. I'll be right back. <laughs> He's like, and on that note. So who wants to pop in and introduce yourself? I know Heather Hoffman, who's not Dylan Hoffman, apparently in the picture. <laughs> Hello, Heather. Oh. Hey. Sorry, I'm on Dylan's computer, that's why. I figured as much. It wasn't uh, impersonating your husband. I mean, I'd have, to, I'd have to look very different for that to happen. I know, initially the picture was on there, not you. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here Heather it's been oh my god how long has it been since we last spoke like two years it's been a while when I saw yeah. you were featured I wanted to come and support tonight so thank you oh that means the world to me thank you so much absolutely it. happy to be here all right I'm actually going to get started because I love to be on time hello everyone we are here with Conscious Conversations with Louisa, and what I love about the title of that is staying conscious keeps us connected and keeps us in love with the life we get to live. And I am here to highlight my friend and, you know, my journey journey buddy who has been on this path with me from literally the beginning. We started this well be like right in the very beginning of COVID and we've been on this path together from the very beginning. And she found, um, we found each other, she found me from a an Instagram post, right? And then got introduced to the group and, and 
How, how did that happen? As a matter of fact, I'm going to turn it over to Nikki, have you introduce yourself and kind of give a, a background of how we connected and who you are and how magical you are. Thank you so much, Louisa, for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Like you said, we met from the very beginning when I literally had nothing <laughs> and I was really struggling. Um, but my name is Nikki. I'm a, a spiritual guide and a healer. Um, now uh, I'm actually pivoting towards women of color, specifically Asian women, and really helping them on their spiritual journey to reconnect to their uh, higher self and their most authentic self. Uh, Louisa and I actually met through Daniel, um, and it was because I had joined this marketing program and I had basically I had prayed to the universe. I said, I'm on this entrepreneur journey. It's so lonely. None of my friends understand what it's like to be an entrepreneur. And I just want some new friends who uh, who get me. And the next day, you know, in this marketing group, I messaged a whole bunch of people in there. Daniel was one of them. And lo and behold, this is an international group, yet Daniel was the only one from Florida, and I was from Florida too. And one day I just said, you know what, Daniel, do you know anything about meditation? I knew nothing about spirituality. I knew nothing about meditation. Um, I was just, I was just having a hard time. And he was like, yes, my friend Louisa hosts this group. You should come join us. And that was the beginning of it all, because the next day I said, sure. I, the very next day, the next morning, I tuned into uh, your meditation and it was magic from there on. And that's how we met. It really was magic because it was for everybody from everywhere. And it was one of those, someone said to me, you know, Louisa, you should, you should really just share more publicly and you have a lot to say. And I was like, well, I love talking. That sounds fantastic. And so I <laughs> created this group and all of a sudden it really became something we did every morning, every single morning for at least a year. And it was meditation and journaling. And we all really supported each other and grew up together. None of us really had an idea of where we were going. We just knew we had a path we needed to be on and we were all in alignment. Um, Heather was there. We kind of all were in alignment of a vision bigger than watching Netflix. Other people were watching Netflix, comparing notes, complaining that they were drinking too much. And Nikki and I were like, oh my God, what are we doing next? How exciting is this? I mean, all, we just kept getting more and more excited and we kept supporting each other become who we are today. And I celebrate the daylights out of you because I've been watching you. I have been on the sidelines, cheering you on, super excited for what you're creating. And I would love to go back to like where it actually began for you, because I know, I know I'm an immigrant. So I know what my parents are like. So I know you came from immigrant parents. And I know we have stories around how we were raised and the, and the impact that has on the way we think and the way we behave in this world. So could we start there? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you for asking about that, too. It uh, gives me space to share my heritage and, you know, a little bit about my culture. So my parents immigrated to the United States um, and they they first landed in New York, um, but they had a really difficult life. You know, when they immigrated here, it wasn't like get on a plane and, and come here. They had to borrow money 
from other family members so that they could pay people to smuggle them in. And it was literally like they were on horseback and then they had to hide under the cabin of a ship. And then when they got here, they had to climb the tree because border patrol and the dogs were at the at the border. Um, and then, you know, they, my mom, she found a job as a seamstress and my dad worked in construction. Um, a few years later, they had me, but it was very much like, you know, now that I've done healing work, I, I look back on my life and I felt really sad that they weren't there for me uh, emotionally, uh, but they did do their best to provide financially. Um, but as I grew up, I it was never around my parents. You know, they always worked. They left me with a lot of family members and even sent me to China at one point so my grandmother can take care of me. But when I came back to the United States around three, it was like hopping between different family members. Um, around the age of five or actually around six, they decided to come to Florida because my dad, um, he gambled all of our money away. And they had no idea how they were going to make it work. They heard that Florida was booming in the economy when it came to like the swap shop in the flea market, right? Um, and so they decided, you know, they're going to come down here and start a new business. And I was in the care of my aunt for a year. Even when I came down right around when I was like around seven years old, um, they often took me to work with them. They woke up at 3 a.m. in the morning, packed me up in the car along with my sister, drove to the flea market to set up at 6 a.m. And and that was life for a few for like a year or so. Then they decided it's a fantastic idea to leave a, a seven year old and a six year old at home alone. So throughout my childhood, it was really much, I was alone. I was always alone, but I saw that my parents worked hard, right? We learned through just being in their space, being interacting and watching. And I learned that, you know, I could take care of myself. Like I liked being alone. I was always alone. It's not a problem for me. Um, around when I got to around 10, that's when it was like, you're grown enough. You need to work. And so I actually worked in the family business until I was 21. But in that process, you know, I watched my mom. She was like, she was like that person that you could do anything. She would pull things out of air and she would say like, I want to section out this, this huge warehouse and have little mini stores inside of it. And I want to rent it out to people, right? Genius. She had all this creativity around how to make money. And she truly did. Other people would call her crazy. My dad would call her crazy. And she made it happen. People bought her stuff. People were like, I want a, I want a piece of that warehouse. Um, and so through experiencing that, it it didn't make sense to me when I got to corporate at some point, you know, I went through college, I did what my mom wanted me to do. Um, I wanted to be an artist, but she said art was not going to make me any money. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll go into business because business, you can do anything with business. Um, but when I graduated, and I actually got like a corporate job, I was sitting there in corporate in customer service, having customers yell at me, um, making about $15 an hour 
And I was like, this, this sucks. Like I, I thought going to corporate was freedom, right? Oh my God, I'm making $15 an hour. When I worked for my parents, I made zero. I made zero for a long, long time. And then I made, and I worked overtime, right? You know, my parents needed me to, Hey, can you pay the bills? Hey, can you, you know, can you count the money? Can you, um, on top of being the register, you had to clean, you had to do everything. And when I got my corporate job, I was like, this is freedom. I I have no expectations of me. I made a set amount of money. I'm rich. I'm rich. Right back then, $8 an hour was like minimum wage. And I got paid that for like a year. Um, but after two years working corporate, I noticed something. I said, I really want the freedom that my parents have in terms of like how big they've scaled their business. They've scaled their business so big that now they're like millionaires in real estate. But I when I went to corporate, it was like I was seeking that freedom that I so desired. But the the there was a cap. There was a cap to how much I made. There was all of this drama and politics in uh, corporate. And I was like, this is not it. I've seen everyone out there. You know, I read all of these books that people tell you, you can make money passively. You can make money and travel the world. You can make money on a four hour workday. And I was like, I want that. I want that. I know it's possible. I know it's possible because my parents have really broken the financial ceiling that most people struggle with. Um, but it didn't it didn't click. It didn't make sense to me because my parents worked almost 12 to 16 hours days. Like they work seven days a week, um, 365 days a year. Not one day would they take off to take me on vacation. Not one day would they be able to just, you know, take the day off and just relax at home. They worked seven days a week, nonstop. And I was like, there has to, there's something missing. There's something missing. And that was the spark that led me to quit my nine to five to go on this like exploration of what freedom meant to me. That was the beginning of my dream. My dream was I want to be financially free. I want to, you know, make a lot of money so I can do the things that I love to do. I absolutely love that. And how old were you at this time? When I left my corporate job, I was probably, gosh, like 23, 24. And what did you do next? As soon as you left your corporate job, what was the next move? Oh, I started um, a fitness apparel company. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm laughing at this because I have not worked a day in my life before then. Um, I have not worked out like consistently, but something was like, anything is better than this nine to five. And I know a lot of people enjoy fitness and I know where my parents source merchandise from China. So I'm going to try to have a fitness apparel company. And I actually succeeded in starting one. I love that. I think it was shortly after that I met you because you were looking to um, funnel. You were learning funneling and you in business and online. And it was shortly after that that I met you. So what happened with the fitness apparel and then what happened next? 
Well, here's the thing, right? I was naive and I was a dreamer. And I thought, you know what? People sell you the dream that you can make a million dollars overnight. That was, that's not exactly true. That's not how it happens. Um, when I started my fitness apparel company, it really took me about six months to get the designs from China, to do product testing, to create my own label and, and website and everything. And I even had uh, started working out. And then it came to the point where I was like, how do I market this? Um, and I decided, you know, I can become a personal trainer and I can build repertoire with clientele and then I can sell my stuff to them. And so that's how it started. It was like I became a personal trainer, but then I realized being a personal trainer sucks. Um, yeah. what they don't tell you about being a personal trainer is that you also don't get clients. You have to be there on the floor. You only get paid commission and you have to scout the floor and try to sell yourself and convince people that they need personal training services. So I would spend like eight hours a day not getting paid trying to right building repertoire talking to the to the people um there I even did tabling for my clothes um at two or three different locations I sold like two or three sets I made a, a few good friends through that but it was it was like a smack in the face like wow marketing is so hard I did not know how to do business. And I don't, I thought I knew how to do business because I saw my parents, they just put up a warehouse and all the customers came. And I did not understand, like, how do you do, how do you get clients? So that's when I decided I need to learn marketing. Um, but at the same time, I kind of gave up on the fitness apparel because at some point when you're not doing what your heart really wants you to do, you lose hope, right? I've been doing it for like nine months. I started to lose hope and I, I gave up. And then I put my attention on the next new shiny object that was going to make me money, which was real estate. Uh, so yeah, I got my real estate license, then COVID hit. And so I was like, well, that sucks because COVID literally hit. I, got, I graduated with a certificate in December. COVID hit in February and everybody was locked down by February. So I was like, what next? And I just never stopped searching. The next thing that came was this marketing, right? This 23 year old from California that's marketing and doing Facebook ads and saying, you, I became a millionaire overnight and you can too. And I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to be a millionaire. And so I signed up for his course and that's how I met Daniel. Um, and shortly after I met you, but it was around like two months within into the course that I met you and I was running all these Facebook ads, but guess what? They don't tell you it's a scheme. It's, it's sketchy because what they're selling on Facebook is not allowed. It was a uh, diet pills and Facebook doesn't allow you to sell any type of dietary products or drugs. Um, so they were trying to teach us how to go around the system because no one else is allowed to do it. And that's how they made millions of dollars. So yeah, I learned my lesson there. <laughs> you know what I'm the most fascinated with? First of all, there are stories in here that I didn't know about you. So I'm super excited to hear them. Are you guys catching on to the fact that she's like 23 as this is happening and starts at like you know, it's so beautiful to me, the experience of 
the shift I'm experiencing in how you've experienced your parents. Like even for me, when I used to do hair, I would stand behind the chair, I would complain about my parents because I was thinking like they, they just were foreigners. They weren't doing it right. Like Americans did it right. And my parents, these foreigners weren't doing it right. And then looking back, the experience is so completely different because while my mom was making minimum wage. She would actually come to my job and sit there with me making nothing just to make sure I was safe at my job while I'm making minimum wage. I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to any of that. I wasn't paying attention to what they did give up to give to me. I was only looking at what I thought Americans got in comparison to me. And so I think that like the way that you were looking at your life of my parents made it, it looked like it should look like this. And why isn't this working? And then the curiosity and Jeff Hoffman actually said to my son, cause he had asked him on an interview. He said, if it's not working, move on to the next thing. If that's not working, move on to the next thing. And I think you were, and you've always been, my experience of you has always been, if it doesn't sit well with you, I watch you shift like this. It's like next, next, next. And I actually think that's super powerful. I don't think it's giving up. I think it's powerful to know what's not working. And what wasn't working for you, you were shifting and pivoting instantly. So I love that you were like, okay, next, this is this is not working. This is what we're doing next. Okay, so now we're in meditation. We found each other. And where does it go from there? In meditation, you know, you had mentioned we we see our parents in very different ways. And I had experienced my mom in, in such a powerful light. Like I saw her, I idolized her. But there were that that there was that emotional component I didn't get because my whole life I was um made to feel like a failure, right? Nothing I did was good enough. I didn't go to Ivy League school. Even when I graduated college, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't making a hundred grand right off the gate. I was making $15 an hour at a call center. That was far from my mom's dreams that she sacrificed to put me through school just to get a job like that. Um so a lot of the healing I went through, you know, and you've experienced this, when I landed in your meditation group, you provided a space where I was seen for truly what you have experienced me as, like you experienced me as, oh my God, you're doing all these amazing things, you're pivoting, you see my gift. I've always experienced myself from the, the point of how my mom saw me, which was you're never doing enough. And so I was like, I got to do more. 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 And so when I was in meditation and all of a sudden I had space to be vulnerable, I just cried. I cried and I cried and I cried in front of strangers, people that I've never seen before. And I, oh my God, I, the floodgates just release. And you really held the container for me to process the deeper emotions that I never got to acknowledge. I didn't want to keep pushing. I, I didn't tell nobody that I, do, I don't want to push. Like I don't, honestly, I said I wanted to be a millionaire, but it wasn't the money that I wanted. It was the love for my mom that I wanted, but it was because she said, you're only worthy if you make a lot of money that I said, I want to make a lot of money and I want to make it quick so that she can um, approve of me fast, right? 
So when I met you, the two months, you know, we did meditation. I did it for two months straight, um, just every single day showing up. And in those meditations, I felt what peace felt like. I felt what love, like unconditional love and acceptance was. For the first time in my life, I felt what kindness from strangers was. Um, I felt what I really wanted at the core of my heart, right? And it, it made me realize it wasn't money that I wanted. It wasn't. It was exactly what you did. You held space. In that moment, I was like, I want to hold space for people. And I did not know what that was going to look like. But that was the one big component I got out of it. During a meditation, it was like, this is what I want to do. And and you're so powerful. Like one of the things that I so admire about you, especially as young as you are, is, is how powerful you are at, at you know, before everybody hopped on, I called her a young grandmother because she has this old soul to her that has always been there. She's got this wisdom. She's got this depth. She has this awareness and it's all you experience when she shares. And it was always so fascinating because, you know, I say this if, um, because someone said it to me, our gifts are hidden from ourselves. And when we share, other people see and experience our gifts. And we're always walking around and it's like this. And we're like, can someone see my gift? Has someone <laughs> seen my gift? And it's it's that <laughs> evident. It's literally like right here. And we're still walking around in search of it. And I could feel you. And then, so I end up moving from Florida, but Nikki comes over. And I'm fascinated because she's this young married female who decides that kind of late at night that she's going to come hang out with me. And I'm like, your husband let you do this? Because I didn't come from a ton of freedom. I always thought like you you had these rules of what you're supposed to do and not do. And she had like this freedom of just coming over and hanging out with me. And so seeing you, because you you don't live with restrictions. You can't, like, if you know Nikki, you can't tell Nikki what to do. Nikki literally has a mind of her own. She will do as she wishes, when she wishes. And and she's very, very um, respectful, polite, and phenomenal. But you're just independent fireball. And that, with an insane amount of wisdom. So to see you, like, become... In, in a very short time, this unbelievable powerhouse with the level, and you've always had the depth. You did not acquire this depth. It's always been you. It's just now settling into who you are and having it to such a degree that you impact the world because you just like were found that part of you that has always been where the magic is. Like the part of you that does not allow for someone to be like, Nikki, you should do it like this. I mean, it, it, it's it's fascinating to try to tell Nikki to like cross the street the way she's not going to cross it. 
you're so much fun to experience because it kind of gives everybody else the freedom to be like, if you were to trust yourself, if you were to know who you are, what would that look like? Because someone like Nikki has always been on this search of what is it going to feel like when it feels right? And, and I think that like the minute you experience that, like settling into the, oh, this feels right. All of the peace came over you. And, and that's really why I reached out. I was like, I need you on here. I need you sharing your story because it was so powerful to experience you really like to you, to the core of your being, be the gift that you are. And now you get to be that gift for the whole world. That means so much to me. You know, when you reached out to me with the invitation, I shed a tear just thinking back to where I was um, and how highly you think of me because I, I didn't see myself that way. It took three years to finally be where I am today and acknowledging and, and truly in, like internally acknowledging that this is how you see me and this is how I see myself finally when you say like oh I don't take shit from nobody and I just do it my way it's you know the hardest part was the conflict with my family um, because I didn't want to let my mom down and so there were parts of me that you know I would sacrifice or I would compromise to make her happy and I've done that my whole life um, and it was really my career path and my relationship that I, those were the two things that I said, you know what, I don't, I, I don't want to compromise these things anymore. Um, and that was my biggest soul growth. And a lot of people here can probably attest to this. Love and your life purpose is going to be the biggest factors to your soul's growth. Um, and so those are the things that we will continuously like come up against when it came to challenges. I fought for my marriage ever since um, I met my husband when I was 13. Uh, we got married in 2019. So we got, uh, we were together at the time, I think probably like good nine, nine, nine years, but my mom never liked him. And so I fought for that. The, the entire nine years the majority of the time I kept it a secret until college and she found out and she called me in the library and she was like so I heard from a relative from China and I'm <laughs> like why are you hearing this from China who's telling you these things who is sharing my secrets with you um that I was dating him and she was like my knees are weak I'm so disappointed in you I just I burst out crying in the library at my college it was like it was like this waterfall of, oh my God, I let her down and my whole life is over. But I just kept going. I kept going. I kept going. I kept going. When I started my business, I, I didn't tell her I quit my job for a whole year. She had no idea. And my sisters were backing me up. She would call them and she'd be like, what is Nikki doing? And they're like, yeah, she's working. And she would call my other sister right after that. She's like, what is Nikki doing? Yeah, she's working. Um, when I finally told her a year later that I quit because I was going to pursue becoming a real estate agent, something that she can actually be proud of, she was like, why? She quit her job. She immediately hung up the phone. She called my sister and go, why did Nikki quit her job? And I was like, you were on the phone with me like 
two seconds ago, <laughs> two seconds ago, and you, you couldn't have asked me why I quit my job, but you want to go ask my sister why I quit my job. Then she hangs up with my sister. She calls my other sister and goes, why did Nikki quit her job? Do you know why? Do you, did she tell you? Right. And, and it was this my whole life. It was like everything I did was wrong and she needed to know why. So disappointing her was my biggest fear. And it comes from childhood wounding, even as a young child, knowing what I've, what I know now going through all the healing that I've went through, you know, before the age of five, we are the most impressionable. We are the most vulnerable. We literally look up to our parents. They are our like survival, you know, we depend on them. So if anything they do suggests that they don't love us, we carry that for the rest of our lives. And so my whole life, that wounding stemmed from childhood when they decided to send me away to my grandparents. It was like, wow, my parents don't love me because they're sending me away. And you think about it in a, from a newborn perspective. It's like, you know, I'm your child. You're supposed to care for me. If I'm crying, you're supposed to be there. I don't care if you're dying and you're poor. You're my mom. You need to be there for me. Right. Um, and that's what I understood through healing is I've carried that wound for a long time. That's where my abandonment uh, issues come from. But I have a special someone here, Addison, who helped me heal uh, abandonment wounds from 30,000 years ago. So it didn't come from my parents. Uh, it didn't come from my mom. It came from her ancestors 30,000 years ago from the Yellow River, which was the biggest um population or the first population or the first area where uh Chinese civilization started to come from so for 30,000 years it got passed on from mother to mother to mother to mother until it got passed down to me and our human experience reflects the wounds that we haven't healed in past lives or uh, ancestral lives so that's yeah, that's Have, the gist of it. <laughs> I actually can't wait to hear about that because that was going to be my next question because I know where we kind of got left off was you were heading into the healing and then I'm like, oh my God, she's transforming the world. How did that happen? When did it happen? And 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 it was kind of like fast. Once you got there, it was powerful. Oh, that is my chair moving my son is, uh, okay, so you guys want to hear something super cool, talk about healing. So every time I do this, these sessions, I pretend that real life isn't happening along the way. And so my computer was dying and I texted my son going, bring me a charger behind the scenes. And that's all kind of happening. And before I would act like nothing was happening and, and like try to fig figure it out. And then as I've been watching people's Zooms and they actually live like life is still normal and they move chairs and they fix lighting. And I'm like, oh, human beings have human experiences and you can actually exist normally while that happens. Huh? Like I was on a Zoom call the other day and they were like shifting their chairs to have better lighting and, and they literally didn't, nothing stopped. It just kept going. So for me, being a foreigner ever, and, and growing up, I had this thing about always trying to pretend everything was perfect and shift in a way that nobody else knew that like there was a disconnect. And 
I it was and then I'd be sweating trying to figure it out like as if it was not okay to be human or normal so as this happened for a second I was like oh my god what an opportunity to share a huge growth for me because it's not something that was ever okay before to be human that'd be like oh my charger just did something and now I have to shift right and I remember when I was little my sister we were uh, out and my sister had this huge stomach ache and I was like this is what I said to her and I swear I remember it stand up straight pretend it doesn't hurt and keep walking and like for me anything that was human was not okay and doing all of this work and leading into us talking about how you actually found healing and and what that period has been like for you this is huge for me to be like oh my god I get to take a moment and and have my own human moment in it and actually share about it. So unnatural for me to do because it would always be like, look like nothing's wrong. And so you all got to see my computer was dying and now it's fixed. <laughs> so let's go back to how did, I, I know that it's been like, okay, this isn't working shift. This isn't working shift. How did we find healing? And I think yeah. it's always been leading to healing. It has always been leading to healing. But before we proceed, I just want to say thank you for sharing your human experience. Because I, I was probably somebody that needed that a long time ago. Um, I always put on a facade that everything was perfect. And even in my business, um, you were the one who actually led me to my next journey. Uh, you had introduced me to this group uh, program with Shanda, which is all about running summits. And through the summits, you know, she said, I'm going to teach you how to build an audience without any experience. You don't need to have any experience, but I'm going to teach you how to build an audience and then sell to your audience. And I was like, that's the marketing piece that I was missing. At the time, I still didn't know what exactly holding space meant. Am I a coach? Am I still doing fitness apparel? Am I a fitness instructor? Like, I had all these grand ideas. I can use this tool and apply it to all my knowledge. So I just said, okay, whatever. I'm just going to take this course. Now, this course was not not cheap. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say that. Um, it was way more than what I had in my bank account. But something in me said, you need to take it. You know, I even took a day to sit on it. And I was like, you need, you need to do this. And I, I was like, I'm going to put it on credit card. It's fine. I'm, I'm going to do it. Through this experience. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I have to cough. Okay. Um, through this experience, I was faced with a lot of self-doubt. And this is where, you know, your business, your life purpose becomes your greatest soul expansion. <clears throat> I was forced to face all of the parts of me that felt really, really insecure. I'm not good enough. Nobody's going to want to join my thing. You know, I don't have any money. I don't have any audience. I don't have any experience. I don't have any knowledge. But it was showing up and doing the thing that proved me wrong every single time. In that duration, I ran three summits. I was also pregnant at the time. 
So I had a huge, huge breakdown during my pregnancy. And not many people know this, but um, during my pregnancy, I had experienced like this loss of identity because as soon as I was pregnant, this windfall of judgment came through me. And it was like, I judge myself for not having a job. I judge myself for getting fat. I judge myself for becoming ugly. I judge my, like, right? Like all this judgment, I judge myself for having trauma. I judge myself for being a horrible mom because my mom was horrible to me. It was, it was so much judgment. And in that moment, I decided, you know, I can quit, which I did quit like after, after the third summit, I decided I was going to quit being a coach forever. But um, throughout the process, it was always realigning my emotions to what I wanted. So the instructor would say, you need to do X, Y, and Z. You need to get speakers who have X amount, you know, huge email list. I was not comfortable with that because I was so insecure about myself. So I did it my way. I did it in a way that I still followed through but I follow through on my terms and it, it made me feel safe. And so I said, how do I want to feel? I want to feel happy. I want to feel connected and engaged to my speakers. I want to feel enthusiastic. And that's what I focused on. So every person that I interviewed, I was like, that's my intention. I'm going to have a good time. I don't care how many people's on their email list. And I just kept following that my entire journey. I just kept doing that. Uh, um, there was a point where I was so stressed in my pregnancy. I said, that's not good for me. So I, I just want to align to being at peace and I want it to flow. So anybody who said yes to me, they're on my summit. I don't care if you don't have an email list. You're on my summit because I wasn't going to fight it. I wasn't going to. Um, and it was through that process that was healing for me because I gave myself what I never received, which was validation and acceptance to do it my way. And my way was the correct way because it worked for me and not because of what some blueprint that I paid $15,000 for says, you know, um, and my business did not grow that year. Let me tell you that. But the biggest lesson learned was that the universe one supported me because I didn't have the money but the money came through a different way. And that was a huge, huge, like ding, ding, ding. Like the universe has my back. I didn't need to make money through my business. The money came some way. The next thing was I always met the right people at the right time. And so I allowed myself to keep doing it my way because it was working to some extent. Sure, it wasn't give, giving me the million dollars that I had wanted. But I, I decided to surrender the million dollars and I decided continue what feels good, continue what feels right. I love that so much because that's what I've been doing. And I, I, I created my own version of the summit. And that's, and, and it's working for me because I'm like, oh, this feels good. I'm following what feels good. And, and it, there's something about it and that everyone says this, like all of the superstars that have succeeded who are happy say it, that it's like, it follow your heart, follow your dream, the money follows. And like doing it backwards, there's a lot of really rich people who aren't happy. And I'll, I, for me, being happy 
was so much more important than having an incredible amount of money. And I'm still going to have an incredible amount of money, but I'm going to be happy. (laughs) So I'm going to open it up to everyone else having an opportunity to get to know you. And because if it was up to me, you and I, we flow so well together. I love talking to you. So I am so grateful for this time with you, but I know that everybody else wants an opportunity to connect with you also. So if you guys are ready, let's open it up for everyone to... I thank her to ask her questions, have fun. Who wants to go first? No, go ahead. Which one? Um, You can go, you're unmuted, you're perfect. Okay, hi everybody, Addison here. Um, So I I came this evening because I'm a big fan of Nikki's. And and then I saw Luisa's, Luisa, I saw your YouTube channel and saw your website and thought you were, you're doing great work. So I thought I'd come this evening. But um, Nikki to me is a very, very special person, an overcomer, a very old, beautiful, what I call a big soul. She's been around, collected a lot of information, knows a lot just a really beautiful, beautiful person. So I'm really honored to be in your presence. So Nikki, I have a question for you. What what, what do you think the future holds for you? If you could like crystallize your future, you've worked hard, you've transformed, you've like, um, you're a mom, you've got two kids, you've built a beautiful life. What, what, What do you think future Nikki looks like? Thank you for your question, Addison. I'm such a huge fan of you too. Oh, the oh, reciprocity you. is there. Um, I would say I've had this vision for a very long time. I think, I think I know what my soul is here to do a long, long time ago. I just didn't know what it looks like, but I know what it feels like. And it's to be in collaboration with other people to bring these huge like visions and, and, uh, huge visions forth. I always say the other people have the vision. I'm like that drive force that that brings the resources and pushes the project forward uh, because I never get the visions. I never get the visions. Like now I'm being, you know, told by the angels, like you're here to serve the Asian community. And as soon as I received that message, I was like, I could do the website. I can do the marketing. I know how to get the people. I know how, like, that was what my, I was prepped for all this time. Um, but my heart desires to like change the world one one person at a time, but really being in collaboration with other people. And I've always sensed that I want to partner up with other people and bring forth whatever their vision is um, to life. Well, I, I think that's beautiful. And I have to say, I, I have a passion for the Asian community, too. Um, it's been kind of a long time, long time uh, care of mine. So I really encourage you in that. Um, and I think it's, um, you know, something that's needed. And I think you do a great job at it. So thank you for for that beautiful answer. And I really encourage you in that direction. Thank you so much, Addison. Of course, I really appreciate of course. you. Yeah. Thank you, Addison. That was beautiful. Nyoko, yes. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for your vulnerable uh, share. And my name is Naoko. I'm originally from uh, Kyoto, Japan. And now I'm joining from Japan. <laughs> it's uh, 10, 20 a.m. 
And uh, I live in US 20 years uh, since I'm 24 to 44 around there. Then I came back to my country uh, because of COVID three years ago. Then I am a posture coach. Then I own my business. So uh, yeah, last three years for entrepreneurs, so hard, right? Then in your um, introduction, it's caught my eyes. You are specifically uh, as a healer, you want to heal and you want to serve Asian community or you, you might say Asian women. Then I said, ooh, I'm lucky here in this group, I'm only one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> get the session from you but I'm so curious you know when I was in U.S. I immigrant myself by myself you know it was my choice but um uh, yeah being Asian in uh, U.S. and then being Asian in Asian country I have a lot of uh, stuff here so I want to ask you why Asian. I I I certainly heard it was calling from a uh, spirit or uh, why Asian, not everybody. Wow, thank you so much, Nako, for your question. Um, the funny thing is, two months ago, I was totally against serving the Asian community because I didn't resonate with uh, Asian women. My path, I I thought it was very different. You know, we were. I feel like as Asian women, we're kind of taught that you need to listen to your elders. You need to respect your elders. You need to do exactly what your parents want of you and they sacrifice. So you have to sacrifice. And that wasn't me. That was not what my heart wanted. And I said, I don't resonate with that. I don't think anybody resonates with me. I don't think anybody accepts me. And so I went my separate way. You know, I didn't go the whole college and Ivy League and, and 100 grand jobs and things like that. And I saw all my other Asian friends. They did do that. They became doctors, engineers. They were happy. And I was like, I'm not happy doing that. I don't resonate. It was only until I was interviewed last month about my experience with my mom about what it felt like to be restricted and not have a choice in my own life that I started crying and it opened something up. And I was like, that's what we need. That's what the Asian community needs. It's not that, you know, that they don't, that they're happy. Sure, some people are happy, but I think a lot of the times the happiness is hidden like how I just suppressed everything. And it was like, we need freedom. That's what it is. We And that's what I resonate with. I resonated with the, the original pain that a lot of Asian women go through of not having the choice to choose for themselves. I hear you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love, love, love that. And I think most foreigners, I, I kid around about this. I'm not sure if I'm totally kidding, but I always say that I'm a Armenian family's nightmare because like the fact that I say what I want and like go out and do it isn't what is acceptable. And my parents and people literally are like, I don't know how you're still alive. Like most are, you know, they would have kicked your behind by now 
And my poor parents have had to to really shift the way that they do things and experience things because of me. And 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 I think it, it's secretly they're proud of me. You know, they want to go and sing it off the rooftop because <laughs> it wouldn't be acceptable with everyone else. But I truly believe secretly they're really proud of me for not being the in the box because everyone is secretly hoping that they had an out. Yeah. And they got to be. I remember I it was uh, last year I was on vacation with my kids and my daughter was crossing the ravine and me being a mom, I was terrified. I'm like the only banshee crazy lady who's screaming at her kid, don't walk across the ravine. I'm like crazy, right? I'm terrified. This, this There's a tiny little bridge about this big with a rope. And this, this little one is looking into my eyes, crossing it. I'm like, I'm going to kill her. And so she's crossing it. I'm like, don't do it. And she's just looking at me crossing. And I'm like, don't do it. And she's crossing it. And then she's on the other side. She's looking at me. And I'm like, I can't believe she did it. And secretly, I'm like, I'm so proud of her. And I'm so grateful she did not take my fear and stop from herself from that opportunity because it was really my fear. And I'm so grateful that she, she's a mini me a little firecracker and ends up on the other side. I love that. And I think that's what drew you, well, drew me to you is your independence. We have the, the, um, you know, that black sheep gene, I would call it <laughs> the black sheep gene that we just don't um, resonate with the old anymore. Right. And I think that, you know, that desire that's put within us is here for a reason. There's people like us because what has been happening isn't working. And then there's certain ones you can't put in a box and we're one of those. And I'm okay not being in that box. I actually celebrate not being in a box and I celebrate other people who are not in a box. And I welcome um allowing us to shine and then really reaching our hand out to other people who are afraid to and 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 say let's do this I agree I used to want to be the pick me girl I wanted to fit in so bad yeah. <laughs> right and and you fit in by not saying what you like to do you always go along with what everyone else likes to do but now I'm like Life is so amazing because now I have a circle of friends that are just, we're just so all very unique and different and um, our relationships are not, you know, conventional at all whatsoever. And I'm like, I don't understand your relationship. <laughs> but, yeah. Sorry. I love you're young enough to actually know what a pick me girl is. Cause my daughter called me a pick me girl. I was like, Kara, what's a pick me girl? She's like, you know, pick me, pick me. <laughs> That's a pick me. I was like, what's a pick me girl? <laughs> yeah, it's it's so much better now that I understand and know myself to such an extent. And I'm happy with myself. I think that's a big thing. I'm finally okay with who I am. Used to think again, you know, there's a right way to be spiritual. There's a right way to be human. There's a right way to be everything because that's what you, you're growing up being told. You have to do things a certain way in order to fit in, in order to be accepted. Now I'm just like, I'm just me. 
And to see that people adore me for that, it's like, my mind is blown. I'm I'm literally like, wow, this life is amazing. I don't even have to pretend. I don't have to try hard anymore. And that was the hardest thing. It was like, I have to try so hard. Now I'm just like, this is just me. My job, what I do, this is just me. Like, it's my natural gift. It's just who I am. It doesn't even feel like work. It doesn't feel like I have to act. Right. I recently had someone say to me, you know, you should, you should be like this. It's so great. And I was like, well, everyone else is taken. This is all I got. <laughs> <laughs> someone said that to you? Yeah. They're like, you should continue being like this. I was like, huh? Well, everyone else is taken. <laughs> this is it this is this is as good as it's getting and I'm perfectly happy with it Joseph were you gonna ask a question hello Joe hi so Nikki I I must tell you of course that you're a lovely warm wonderful person I get your energy I love the idea that you're settled on being who you are and enjoy it now so young as you are and that that's all everybody that I know wants to be is as close to who they are, be comfortable with who they are and just be okay with it without expectation, uh, w- without any drama, but just to put out the energy that you have and make everybody feel that glow that you have and want to be with you because of that energy of the enjoyment that you feel of who you are, Nikki. It's a wonderful thing to um, to be able to express it the way you do it and know that people really just want that feeling of acceptance without any you know expectation drama it's okay to be exactly who you are and and most people spend their whole lives trying to get to the place that you are right now comfortable with who you are and that's wonderful good Thank luck you. <laughs> I hope I get to experience you again. Uh, it was a very, very lovely uh, evening. And again, um, I would never have this experience uh, without Louisa. I love you, Louisa. I love you, Joe. Presentation. Isn't this like, this always warms my heart. Like experiencing people connect with each other and and really get human heart and and really go oh you felt that too or you experienced that too and then and really have this magical moment that it energizes us and then the rest of our day in our life i'm like i just get this extra feeling of everything is possible because of what happens in here and even when i was thinking about the math you know the um meditations I have no idea where that even started from. It just was one day I wanted to meditate. And I thought, well, I do better when everyone else is like doing it with me. And so let's just do that. And it literally started because I thought if I invite other people to join, then I'll do it. And and all of a sudden there was a huge community and it was a ton of fun. And the other thing was um, every time there was a question of like, should we do this? I was like, yes. Should we do this? It was a yes. And then all of a sudden I said yes to things that there was one point where Daniel asked me to do something and I said yes. And I had zero idea what the question was. And then there were 50 people on. (laughs) (laughs) 
and and all of a sudden there were 50 people on the meditation and I was hosting it I was like I said yes to this (laughs) but I did and it was a ton of fun Heather we'd love to hear from Miss Heather she was part of our community she is part of our community we just haven't all connected that much I know it's so much harder to look for unmute on the phone. Oh, Heather is already unmuted. Oh, she is now. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I just posted something in there because I didn't know if you were ending at 930. I wanted to make sure I send you a message. But it is kind of a reiteration of what Louisa was already saying, like watching you on this fast track of growth over the past couple of years has just been amazing. The way that you just surrender into it without the expectations or the attachment yeah resilience it's it's amazing i'm just happy for you that you don't let those wounds and those inner voices from your mother continue to haunt you it's really powerful work you're doing oh i love you heather thank you so much for that message yeah I have, I'm so very grateful for you and Louisa, our original crew, because without you guys, I wouldn't be here today. Like you guys were the epitome of kindness and compassion and holding space. Um, It it really is just like where I am today. My mom, I'm actually grateful to my mom. And I have Addison to thank for that because our last session of healing was healing my um my wedding it was like one of the most heartbreaking moments of my life but going back healing that I was actually like feeling some sense of excitement reconnecting with her again so um I'm so grateful for everyone here I'm so grateful for people I've known since the very beginning people that I've just met (laughs) my bestie now Brittany's here too and and the uh, yeah, I, if there's anything that I can leave you guys with, it's continue your own healing journey. Like life just gets infinitely better. I say now, and I haven't shared this. Where I am today, I'm like a, I'm in a channeling course. Uh, I'm partnered up with somebody as a bin, business partner for this uh, Asian healers group. It's like I get messages from the angels. I get messages. I get so much help. I have healers. I have astrologers. It's like amazing. Life is amazing. And I wouldn't have seen myself here, like not even a year ago. It's so much fun to watch you. And and I'm totally going to toot my own horn on this because I saw you here. And and it's so easy to see you here because you're such a powerhouse and such a curious soul of like relentless. You're like relentless when it comes to knowing you're going to be there. And the fact that I, it's kind of fun to experience you because as sweet and delicate as you are, you're so powerful. And and watching you with the like, <laughs> the most beautiful get out of my way kind of personality (laughs) (laughs) 
it's kind of fun to be like, I'm so beautiful and I'm so like <laughs> sweet. And she has this like dainty kindness, but she also is a bulldozer of get out of my way. And, and it's this, I have a mission and I'm going to live it and I'm going to make a difference kind of get out of my way. And it's so powerful and, and it is in a very loving way. That's just my experience. It is so much fun to experience you with like this, this energy that comes through you of like what is going to unfold is just so powerful. And, and, I'm, and, and the fun part is, is you're so smart. And, and to experience you all the time, be in your superpowers and be so curious, I absolutely love. So I'm celebrating all of your successes because I, I feel like it's now coming to you so effortlessly that now you're just sitting back being like, bring it. <laughs> I'm at the tipping point and I'm getting that a lot. I think September, a lot of people might be feeling this too. It's a transition point. It's a transition month. So we're all kind of just on edge. And it's like, I see it so close. I've worked for this for four years. It's it's there, but it's like, you, it's not there yet. It's not there yet. You got to persevere. But thank you so much for seeing me, experiencing me, sharing your your view of me because your view of me has been so accurate and no one has ever seen me that way before. And I feel that when you say powerhouse, I just need somewhere to put this power. Like I... I just got, give me an opening. Someone give me an opening. I'm just going to ready to channel through. <laughs> and I, you know, it's so much fun to experience that. And, I, and a couple of days ago, I was at a birthday party. It was my friend's 80th birthday party. And they were asking her about the decades of her life and how each decade has played a role. And she got divorced in her mid thirties. And she, she was talking about from 30 to mid sixties, you know, we're, you're still so young, right? And in relatively, I am too. And when I think about what what she did from 30s to 60s, and and the like, the word hustle comes to mind. But in when you love what you do, it's still a hustle. But it's it's a it's a beautiful journey of like I'm up to something. I'm up to something really big. I'm not just gonna sit back. Like I know I have a remote control to my TV somewhere in this house. I just don't know where it is because I haven't watched TV and I don't know how long, but I know that TV has a remote control. So yes. I hope nobody comes over and thinks they're going to turn on my TV because I'm like, I don't know where that thing is. And uh, that's how long it's been since I've sat my own behind on my couch because like we're always up to something, you know, this life gets to be full. And I'm like, no one tell anyone. I have no idea where my remote control is. And, and that's the fun. We're like in the hustle. We're busy living this extraordinary life. And I'm not looking for what's on Netflix. I'm so busy having fun creating an empire with you and everyone in here. And, and it's one that is of love, life, live, joy, happiness, and success. Like there's nothing wrong with multi-millions, not a million, but multi-millions. There's nothing wrong with that. Like it's actually great. Jet, would you like to share with us, please? 
Sure. I love your resilience of the story of, you know, I don't care what it takes. My voice will be heard, you know, and how you got to be raised by so many different people. And that what that really felt like was really abandonment, though, because you know who your mom is, no matter what, even though they're your aunt or uncle or what, you know, family, your mom's mom, you know, and she had such a big place in your life. But that was also your impetus to to break free and become who you are because you weren't willing to walk into they, they, they nurtured you into what they knew and what was going to keep you safe and what was right and what would work because this is what worked for them. But you said, no, I have another idea, you know, and you didn't shut up, <laughs> you know, and, and kudos to you because I think we all have those places where we just feel like, when are we going to be ourselves? When do we get to be heard? And nobody has a corner on that market and how we get to express that your your impetus and your inspiration for that is wonderful. And I know you're still on your journey and what that looks like, but you certainly have a lot that you figured out and um, you're going to get to figure out so much more. It's it's going to be exciting. It just is starting to be fun, even more fun than you had. And you're smart enough to figure out this didn't work next, didn't work next. You know, you're, it's not a, the, the fear, the you probably had a lot of experience where you had to be fearless because you just had to keep going, you know, you didn't have a choice. You went to China, you came back, you're like, you know, I just have to show up here. And so I'm showing up and you showed up and tried it. And now you found your, your niche and, and I just wish you so much success and, and happiness and that you have a beautiful family that you get to nurture and you found your peeps. It's awesome. Thank you so much, Jet. That means so much to me. I really appreciate that. It's unique, a unique, um, I, I think it's unique rearing to in um, for your that's unique to your um, a lot of your culture, you know, that so many other people don't experience. And I can understand why you're you feel like I, I can understand why you had a resistance, but I can also understand why that resistance is like, no. That's it. It's supposed to be where I'm supposed to be with the Asian, you know, connecting to the Asian um, culture and and because you can relate to it, you know, I mean, so fully in so many levels. And that authenticity will continues to show forth into all those that are around you. It gives will give them that safe place. So that's a beautiful thing that you can present and give somebody a safe place to be where they feel like they can be heard, trusted, so they can blossom into what their next is and take their, what is it, their, um, um, I don't know if it's necessarily a vision, maybe it's that they felt like they've been so sequestered that they can come out out of the box just like you, you know, beyond their, the barriers that have been the protection, like like Louisa said, you know, it's our parents, they teach us to, they, they, their job is to protect us. Don't put your hand in the fire, you know? You're like, okay, I'm gonna stick it in the fire. Well, okay, guess what <laughs> happens, you know? We're off to the hospital, you know? I mean, somewhere you have enough smarts to know not to do that. So, but you're, I love your adventure, your curiosity and um, pushing the limits. It's awesome, it's inspiring. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jack. You know what's fun about being a parent? You always think that, you know what my parents should have done to do it right? Then you become the parent and you're like, yeah, that doesn't work. Like all of a sudden what they should have done isn't at all what happens because that's not what I'm doing. And earlier on how I was saying I had just sold my house and I'm trying to pack and I put my kids to bed and it's eight o'clock and they both come to the stairs and you're like, you forgot something. I'm like, what? 
to like to feed us dinner. I'm all, oh, oops. And so, you know, like you don't think that that's going to happen to you. You don't think that you're going to screw up parenting because you're like, I love my child. I'm never going to screw this up. I'm going to love them so much. They'll never not know how amazing they are. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I don't just screw up once. I just keep screwing up like quite a few times and you're still human. And then all of a sudden you look back at your parents and you're like, hmm, the judgment, the way I saw them. And like, as a parent now, for for a really long time while my kids were growing up, I was surviving. I was hardly trying to like figure out the best way to take care of them. I didn't have any of these tools. That's why I came into this work. I was barely surviving. And so thank God I have two beautiful children. But, you know, my parents weren't, they didn't speak a word of English. They had no money. And they had two children in America to take care of. And how American parents pack their kids lunch and make everything so beautiful and like put little bows and notes for their kids. Yeah, I didn't get like my parents had no idea. They were barely breathing and going, I hope I make it to the next day without anything going wrong, which is usually something devastating. While someone else might think the tiny thing like what could have gone wrong with my parents is probably huge or Nikki's parents. Like imagine what it feels like trying to get your children up at three o'clock in the morning to take them with you to work it's not what you want to do no parent wants to get their kids up at three in the morning to take them to work with them you just don't have another choice yeah and if, if your mom had easy. that choice she's not <laughs> taking you even now you know i i would say to all the mothers out there or soon to be mothers if you're thinking of becoming one is a lot of compassion and understanding and just kindness and whatever works for you works for you and and that's okay because even now with my two kids you know a lot of a lot of things came up like oh my god I'm starting to act like my mom again but then you know I've come to realize like that's just who I am too you know I was I was raised in that way because that's a part of me now it's it's very um, you know, just being driven, being ambitious. I was raised by, by a very ambitious mom. She didn't care as much about caregiving. I wanted to change that for my experience now. I wanted to be emotionally available for my kids. But I did notice, you know, at the beginning, I wasn't. I did not like caretaking. I, I get energetically drained being around my kids all the time. Um, it has changed with healing, but the core of who I am I'm still very ambitious and driven like that. That was just how I was raised to be. Um, but, it, you know, I see the faults, right? I see the faults and I, I try to do my best to be with them. Um, this morning I had one, one kid in one arm, the other in the other. And I'm over here, like trying to feed one with, with the bottle in my neck. And I don't know, I'm like trying to sweep the floor with my leg. It's you, you make it work. <laughs> And motherhood is, it's really like that. You know, people don't see the back end of what motherhood looks like. And it really is like that. One kid crying, the other one screaming, you're here cooking. You need eight arms. You really do. <laughs> it's so, so true. And, and and that window you're in, God bless you. I mean, talk about needing healing. Oh, 
I, I really truly wish somebody had just given me a hug during that time and said it was going to be okay. Like, I, I just truly wish someone had just hugged me and said, you know, it's going to be okay. I, I didn't have any of this. I was hardly breathing. And I would go to sleep crying and wake up crying and be like, I'm failing at this. Yeah. And then one day you wake up and you're like, it's going to be okay. And your kids still turn out amazing. Look how I turned out. Exactly. Oh, I used to say to my kids, you know, I love you. They say, yes. I'm like, are you going to miss me? Cause I'd go to LA every month. They're like, mom, you always come back. I think we're fine. I was like, but I, I need you to miss me. They're like, but you always come back. I'm like, all right. Y'all are a little too secure. <laughs> Elias, do you want to say hi? I I love when you get to participate. Um, hello, I didn't prepare. I didn't wasn't thinking anything. I'm just listening That's to everybody stories and interchange, and it's pretty cool just to hear all this interaction. So, uh, thank you for coming on, and um, everybody for giving the input. Thank you this for being on with us. You're so he's amazing, and I love. The fact that he's in my life, he's he's a superpower. We actually did an interview and I can't wait to share his story. So thank you for being on with us. Anyone else want to hop in and say hello and before we wrap it up? Yeah, I hear my kids crying too. So Hey, Nikki, it's Dorinda real quick. I just wanted to say hi. hi and it's so great seeing you. It's so great seeing your transformation from even meeting you two years ago and everything that you're doing. And it was really good to hear your voice today thank you so much Dorinda it means so much that you're here it has been a while huh <laughs> yeah I was just thinking about that I think you were just you having a baby you were just about to have a baby yeah oh my gosh so now my oldest is two and two months and my youngest is four months now um, oh yeah wow congrats that's amazing Thank you. You're in the thick of it right now. I Honestly, I chose this for myself. My soul chose this, okay? I decided it was a great idea to have a two-year-old, a four-month-old at the precipice of my career expanding. I thought it was like, yes, my soul was like, this, this is what Nikki needs. She needs to have two crime babies and a, a, a business to run. <laughs> Listen, I did exactly the same thing and I exactly in the same age range. And I have two beautiful children. They do grow up to be just fine. And My husband is begging me to come back and save him. So <laughs> I love you. Thank you so much for being on. And you are a superstar. And I love continuing to watch you shine. And we get to follow your journey. Thank you so much, Louisa. It means the world to me to to be here um, and for our continued friendship. You're honestly God sent, universe sent, angel in real life. <laughs> I love you. Thank you so much. And thank you, Addison. And thank you, Dorinda. Thank you, Elias. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brittany. Um, it is such a beautiful experience to have everyone on together because it just raises the energy and, and it allows us to all celebrate each other. So I'm so grateful for really celebrating the shiny glowiness you have going on and, and I'm really enjoying it. So thank you. 
Thank you, everyone, for being here. Oh, I'm Good the luckiest girl in the world. Have a wonderful night, everyone.